Hey friends, it's Mark James. I'm currently sitting in the main bedroom of a caravan, quite a nice caravan to be fair, in Great Yarmouth. And I was sitting in the living room, which is obviously much more comfortable and warmer. Because, well, let's just get started. It's the 30th, it's Wednesday the 30th of March. It is currently 12.36 in the afternoon. Now, I don't know if you can hear that slight noise in the background. I was sitting in the living room, which is much comfortable, much more comfortable, much warmer. I was sitting on the couch and I'm going to warn you, I don't think we're in for a long one today, but how often have I said that? I was sitting on the couch, comfortable as anything. I'd set up the whole space. I was about to press record. And then a guy with a sort of, a sort of flamethrower of sorts. <laughs> I suppose it is a flamethrower slash blowtorch. It's like a blowtorch, but the end is wider and it's on the end of a long stem. You know, if you've got a garden strimmer, like that you would hold in your hand to strim the garden and the, the um, grass, it's like that, but at the end, a big flame is coming out, about as thick as a can of Coke, and he appears to be melting, purposefully, parts of the um, driveway that my car is currently parked on. I'm not sure why he's doing that, but it's very, very loud. And so I've had to move out of the living room and sit in the back bedroom, which I purposefully am avoiding. I have a certain vibe with caravans, uh, what I like to do. So let me explain that to you forthwith. <laughs> Basically, when I'm in, I've got no notes, by the way, so I'm winging this whole thing. Fuck knows how this will go. Usually when I'm in a caravan for gigs, I'm only in the caravan for a limited number of days. I don't think I've ever stayed in a caravan for more than five days in a row. But this week I'm sleeping in this for two nights. I've got it all day tomorrow as well because I booked the caravan from Monday through to Friday because that was the booking term that you could book Monday to Friday. But I was off Monday, so I stayed at home. Then yesterday I drove down here to and checked into the caravan. Last night I did a show. I've woken up this morning in the caravan. Tonight I'll do a show. I'll wake up tomorrow in the caravan and tomorrow night I'll do a show. But immediately after the show tomorrow, I will then drive home, okay? Because um, I don't want to stay on the last night. You know, there's no point. There's no point in staying over when I could just drive home and get home and be at home, which is where I want to be, right? You know, I love being at home. So I booked the caravan Monday to Friday, but I'm only actually going to sleep in it two nights. Although it is a positive thing that I've still got aforementioned caravan tomorrow because that means that I can sleep in it till as late as I want, although I won't because I'm on this fitness kick. I'll wake up at eight o'clock like I did this morning and I can use it all day tomorrow. And the main bonus is that I can see backstage essentially from the door of this caravan. So I can get a shower and get ready and all that sort of stuff. I can walk over to the gig and I can do the gig having uh, only just recently showered. And when you come off stage and you've got, you know, doing a gig, I'm not that sweaty really, I'm quite a calm performer. But having showered just before the gig gives me a tremendous burst of energy. So I'll probably have a really nice drive home and I'll get a couple of cans of Monster or something, energy to get home and it's gonna be all right. I'll get home at about half 12, one o'clock, get straight in bed, up with Joshua at eight in the morning, lovely stuff. So that's the plan. But I do like to sleep in the living room. I find the caravans, if you're in it on your own and you spend most of the day not in it, they are a tremendous pain to heat up. 
the most you can ever turn the heating on in a caravan is like a one hour boost. And of course they're built because you pay for the caravan and you pay, how many times I'm going to say that word, by the way, you pay for the uh, accommodation, but you don't pay any extra for gas and electric or anything. So it's obviously a good idea if you own a caravan park or multiple of these uh, dwellings to make it so that the heating can't be left on all day, every day. So your heating has like a boost button and you press that and it comes on for an hour, then it goes off again. And if you're not in all day, you're always coming back to a cold, you know, uh, place. Some of them, the older ones, do have actual gas fires. And I did used to put that on before I would go to the gig and leave it on, you know, uh, low. So that when you got back, it was lovely and toasty. But this one doesn't have that. It's very modern. It's actually the law in the UK that all caravans that are rented out cannot be older than 10 years. They've all got to be newer than 10 years. So... It's actually very, very nice. Even though I booked a super cheap one, a bronze level place, it's really modern, it's really clean, everything is comfortable, the kitchen is well appointed. I mean, honestly, if you had a family holiday in this, this is like the gold standard caravan from five years ago. Things have really moved forward, it's pretty great. <clears throat> it's a shame Sarah and Joshua are not with me because they love a caravan. But anyway, so it's all pretty good. There's plenty of pillows, which is a surprise. Normally you don't get enough pillows, but they've changed that as well. It's very, very good. And typically I will, I think that sound stopped. I might try, you know, I might go back in the living room because living room is much more comfortable and I'm not sitting on a hard backed kitchen chair in a bedroom. Hold on. Oh, they've stopped. They've stopped. I can still hear them talking a little bit. But they appear to have stopped the work. Okay, I'm back in the living room. Now I've got nothing to moan about. And without anything to moan about, you know me. I don't have any content. Anyway, so I'm back in the living room. What I tend to do is I take the backs off whatever chairs there are. You know, there's like a, a set of seats that goes around the outside of the wall. And I tend to take the backing off those and put them down on the floor. And then I just get two duvets and I put one, usually from the single beds. There's always two single beds as well as a double. I get the two singles. I put one on top of the uh, couch and then I get the other one and I get in between them. So there's a duvet between me and the basic sofa and then a duvet on top of me. And that's how I sleep. And the reason I tend to do that is to do with just coziness and feeling like you've owned the space because if you go to bed in a caravan, it's very cold. You've no affinity with that room. You're just in it to sleep. I don't like it. Whereas in the living room, you know, I'm lying on the couch while I get tired and watching the TV and stuff. Then you turn the TV off and you might listen to a podcast and then I'll turn that off and go to sleep. And you just kind of live in one room and I find that very cozy. So generally, I'm a living room sleeper. I don't often sleep in the bed unless the couches are... Sometimes you get like two two-seater couches and stuff instead of caravan typical seating and they're not comfortable to sleep on because I'm too long at six foot tall. So anyway, that's basically the whole deal about the caravan. Um, I'm staying at Seashore Holiday Park, which is, as you would imagine, on the seafront. It is very, very nice. The seafront is beautiful here. I'm in Great Yarmouth, in case I didn't tell you. I actually love Great Yarmouth. It's one of my favourite places. The seafront from seashore down to the opposite end where there's like um, a port. And I think there might be a power station of some description, but there's a port. 
So the two very, very ends of the sea that you can walk along where there's path are 3.1 miles apart. So what I tend to do this morning, I got up at 8 o'clock, 8 a.m., and I walked from the holiday park all the way down to the bottom, turned around and walked back again. And I went into town as well. So with walking into town and all that stuff as well, it probably took me three and a quarter hours. Had I not walked through town and stuff, the walk generally takes me about two hours. You know, most of us walk about three, three miles an hour. So I think it took me last night, didn't walk all the way to the bottom because just before the bottom, there's a beef eater and it's got a premier in above it. And beyond that, it's very dark. There's no streetlights. And I always feel like it's got the potential to be a little bit stabby. <laughs> so I don't tend to uh, don't tend to walk down there at night. But I walked down there today and it was very nice. All the way at the bottom, all the way back again. Went into town as well. Probably did a three and a bit hour walk, which is good. Straight out of bed, you know. Um, eight o'clock. The reason I did that is Joshua's walking himself to school this morning because Sarah's got to go to work and I'm away. And typically I would walk Joshua to school and I would do like an hour and 15 walk and then I would get on the bike. But of course, I don't have the bike with me because I'm in Great Yarmouth. Imagine how insane, imagine how psychopathic I would have to be to bring the Peloton with me, you know, to get it in the back of the car. <laughs> I got a bigger car now, it'd probably fit a bit easier. But yeah, to put it in the boot of the car, the trunk, and drive it down here and set it up in the caravan. That would be insane. That's the sort of thing I would do, actually. If not for the fact that it's upstairs, it's sensationally heavy and um, almost impossible to get in and out of a car by yourself. In fact, not even almost. I would say impossible. Unless you're Eddie Hall or someone like that, it's really heavy. And it's awkward as well. You don't want to smash your car up. So I won't be taking it away with me. But... I'm missing it today. I'm missing the fact. Actually, I just did a boxing workout on the Peloton app and I just better check that I got today's dot. Did I get today's streak for doing the uh, the workout? Because I skipped the warm up because he just recaps over uh, the punches. And of course, I've done the um, the classes before that. And I've done this class before. So I don't want to do the recaps. So skip five minutes. Uh, okay, yeah, I've got it. I've got the I've got the boxing uh, is logged for today. So my streak continues. I'm now on a 10-week streak. I've got a 60-day uh, streak, which I did. I'm very pleased about. And um, all is going well. And I've done 2K in the annual 2020. I'm not really sure what that is. But, you know, I did it. Congrats to me. So anyway, I took the walk because I don't have the bike. And without the bike, I can't get the cardio and stuff that I would typically get at home. So I need to replace that with more walking. So I'm going to walk tonight as well. I'm going to go to Norwich in a bit and walk around Norwich. I was supposed to be meeting my friend Ollie, but he's not well. So I'm still going to go to Norwich on my own and have a little uh, nose around because I do like it there a lot. And I've got a little bit of work and practice to do. And I need a, something that shorts the corner of uh, playing cards for a practice thing that I'm doing. So they'll sell one of those somewhere in Norwich at a stationery shop. And yeah, it's probably my favourite town in the UK, Norwich. My favourite coffee comes from there. So I'll go and have a coffee, maybe, cheeky latte. I've got a bit of a thing about not drinking your calories. I try to avoid drinking calories if I can. So maybe I won't have a coffee. But nonetheless, I'll have a little look around. I love it there. And also, it's a bit more exercise, isn't it? So I'll have had three walks today, which, you know, will take the place of the bike a little bit. It won't make up for the high-intensity interval nature of the bike and the amount of calories that I would typically... Well, it might make up for the calories, 
but it won't account for the calorie burn. Uh, sorry, it won't account for the cardio, you know, that you get. But calories are calories, right? So, you know, I feel okay about that. Actually, I'm very, very happy because last night on stage for the first time, let's break into a different topic, related topic. I wore the brown suit, the brown suit that I wore at the Magic Castle a couple of years ago that I has always been my favourite. It's always been my goal. I had to be 248 pounds or there around to get into that suit. And I tried it on uh, two nights ago before this week. And I tried it on last week and it didn't fit. And then I tried it on this week and it fit. The waistcoat, the jacket, the trousers, everything fit perfectly. And I looked at myself in the mirror in the bedroom, right in the eyes, up close. And I sort of just said, well done. And I, I don't mind telling you, I did cry a little bit. It sounds silly, doesn't it, to cry by yourself while you're looking in the mirror. But at least I'm crying for the right reason. I've cried in the mirror before. It was like a whimper, you know, like a little, <laughs> like one of them. <laughs> I've cried in the mirror before loads of times when I've been supposed to do something with Sarah, you know, like a nice night out or a weekend away or at New Year, we went to London, Sarah and I, you know, to have a brilliant time. And a lot of it in my head internally was marred by the fact that I couldn't really find anything that I wanted to wear to go out on New Year's Eve. So I just ended up wearing this boring plain blue jumper that I looked, you know, very um, bumpy in, you know, like 15 pound of nuts in a five pound bag, as they say. And it made me unhappy, obviously. But we did it. But I don't want lovely things to be marred by stupid concerns about weight. Oh, what it would be to just live your life, go to parties, buy great clothes and feel amazing and confident in your body without ever worrying about the scales. And that's the goal. So, yeah, I put this suit on. It all fit. I felt great. I knew that I was going to look forward to the show for that reason. And then I did the show last night in that suit. My confidence was extremely high. The audience were pin drop silent all the way through, apart from the bits where they were meant to react, obviously. <laughs> That'd be awkward if they were silent, including the reactions. Uh, but the audience were pin drop silent, literally no issues at all, full attention, amazing crowd, had a lovely time. And um, I was really happy. I put the multiplying bottle trick back into the show, which um, is one of my favourites, but I hadn't been doing it because I'd been doing a multiple card trick. And I've decided to take that out and save it for the vanishing elephant. And that's part of what I'm practising today. Because I've got a new method for it, which is going to be better in this show. So it was a bit of that, a bit of working on that. And um, it meant that I was worried that the show wasn't going to be the right length. But then I came off and I looked at the clock and it was exactly to the second, literally to the second, which is bizarre, 45 minutes, which is what the show's supposed to be. So I was very happy with that. And I think that now for this season, I've got a really, really good show. I just need to um, work on one of the routines a bit. I need to build, I need to build the climax of that routine to a stronger crescendo. The routine is good and the magic in the routine is very strong. I'm talking again about the calculator thing I mentioned to you last week. I've really understood how to make it work now. I've taken a whole phase out of it as well, which is making it much easier for the audience to understand. But now I need to work on the finale of it. It's one of those things where you just know something's a brilliant trick, but you sort of, 
you know what it's like? It's like a piece of artwork. A trick is like a piece of artwork. And if the if the artwork is good, then somebody who understands art will be able to recognise it as a brilliant piece of art, no matter what. And that, for me, as a, you know, as a magician, you're sort of a connoisseur of magic in the way that an artist could be a connoisseur of art. Because you can see the techniques, you can see the brushstrokes, you can see the intention a lot of the time behind the artwork, but the artwork itself is not necessarily always flourishing. And so the, and that's the that's the trick and the method. But the routine that you put around it, the explanation that you put, that you give to the audience, the um, the pre, you know, everything that you give to the audience that explains to them how the trick is, what it is, um, the reason behind it, all of that stuff, those things are the frame. And if you put a piece of art in a big, solid gold, you know, decorated frame, it's not necessarily better, but it makes that artwork look different than if you put it in a plain black thin frame. Even a thin black frame makes a piece of artwork look completely different to a thick black frame. Or if the frame is exactly the same size as the artwork, then that looks different to if the artwork is sitting in the center of a lot of blank space, but with a frame around. So making the artwork is a huge part of the process. But I think that for having that artwork be appreciated, choosing the frame is an equally big part. And choosing the frame is writing the routine. And so I'm going to I'm going to write that down. I need to remember that because this is going to be I've often explained this like this and I'm going to I'm working on a book about magic. So I need to kind of solidify these thoughts about magic quite a bit and um, work them out. So hold on. Let me just put this in. Choosing the correct frame i put team choosing choosing the correct frame artwork versus magic okay i'll remember that so um yeah that's kind of that's where i'm at with this i know now that the artwork itself is good but the audience are not necessarily able to appreciate how good it is because of the fact that it doesn't have the correct frame on it and that's what I'm working on. I'm working on the frame. So last night was very good. That trick was the strongest it's been so far, but I know it can be stronger. Bit of a change in the music, bit of other stuff. Multiplying bottles is back in. One of the tricks I wanted out is out, which makes it better for the other show. Got a lot of stuff still to rehearse for Saturday, but I'm okay about it. A few scripts to learn. I need to um, listen to myself performing them whilst I'm driving. And I've got a lot of driving home. Uh, tomorrow night, which I'm going to do that. I'm going to just listen to one of the routines over and over again. I'll get the script back in my head. That's the idea. That's the Wizard of Oz thing that I did at Chroma. Quite ambitious for this kind of show, but I think it'll work. We'll see. We'll see. So, yeah, that's show stuff. That's all of the show stuff. Uh, suits back on. Feel amazing. Show is really working now. Uh, feeling confident. And the delight, the final thing I want to say about the delight of that is that now that I've reached that point and it's only the second gig of the second week of the season, I know that I'm in for what should become, I don't want to, you know, jinx it, touch wood, for what should become a really good year. You know, last year I was battling against my weight and I was trying to work on new material, but now I've got my weight under control and, I've, and the new material's working. 
So I'm in the position where I'm going to enjoy the work now. I've done the work and now I can enjoy continuing to, you know, go along with it. It's never going to get worse than that suit. I'm not going to put that weight back on again. So it's it's always going to be at least that suit or better. You know, that's good. So they're positive vibes. God, what a, what a life, eh? That these are the things that we have to worry about. Why can't all food, right... Why can't all food be no calorie? I know that we need calories to live, but why can't they just make it so all food is zero calorie and then there's a section of the supermarket that's got calorie-dense foods in? So you know you need to have 1,500, 2,000 calories a day or whatever to maintain your weight. So you eat whatever you want all day out of the no-calorie section, but then you go, oh, I just need to have my 1,500 calories, and then you just go and eat like a mad 1,500-calorie protein bar. And only that is what makes you gain weight or put calories on so that you can control your weight easily and just make all other calories, all other foods, no calorie. If they can make like really good, almost perfect, nearly identical tasting Coca-Cola with zero calories and even better tasting Pepsi. I mean, let's be fair. Pepsi Max is way better than Pepsi. If they can make Pepsi Max and it tastes better than Pepsi, but it's got zero, actually zero calories in. You can drink 10 pints of it and you don't get a calorie. Why can't they do that with chocolate cake? <laughs> Why can't they make chocolate cake that's zero calories, but they can make Pepsi that can? It's bullshit. It doesn't make any sense. It's not fair. I want to eat chocolate cake with no calories as well. I'd live on Pepsi Max and chocolate fudge cake. That'd be amazing. Right, I'm just going to pause, which you'll never notice, but just I can check the recording's working. Okay, I'm back. I just checked the recording. It was all good. Um, that actually took ages for me because I've got really bad signal here and the podcast has to upload to the internet before you can hear it back. So I had to sit for five minutes and wait. Anyway, so all that stuff aside, things are going well. Um, I didn't tell you that I fell down the stairs last week. Well, it was, a, it was over a week ago. Essentially, Sarah had been to this uh, wedding vibe thing. It wasn't actually a wedding. It was a pre-wedding party. But the girl whose pre-wedding party it was was Indian. And they have this thing called a Sanjeet. And so Sarah went to the Sanjeet with some other friends. And they all wore very lovely clothes and stuff. And it was all within, you know, the uh, the vibe of the event. I just want to point out, they weren't culturally appropriating or uh, cosplaying, you know, Indian vibes. They were wearing clothes that it was suggested to them by the girl whose Indian Sanjeet it was they should wear. And that's what they wore. It was very lovely. The pictures are excellent. Anyway, so they all went to that thing. And I was at home alone with Joshua. And then the next morning, Sarah and a friend, Brittany, who's also my friend, of course, were coming back to our house. And because they'd stayed at the hotel, even though it was only in Preston, they'd stayed at the hotel for the thing, and her and Brittany drove back to our house afterwards in the morning, and I'd been on the bike and all that sort of stuff, and Joshua was in his room with the dog, and I got off the bike, and I went and laid on the bed, and I was, like, dying a bit like I often am, and there, so I was lying there naked, and I thought, I know what I need to do, I need to get in the shower, and as I stood up to go and get in the shower, I heard a car door shut, and... Stepping onto our drive were Sarah and Brittany. And I thought, got two choices here. I can either still be in the bedroom 
And Sarah will say, bloody typical. You knew we were coming back. You're never dressed. You're never ready. Because Sarah and I were going out as well with Joshua. You're always late. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. I can take a load of heat. Or I can already be in the shower, get no stick at all because I'll be in the shower. Then when I come out of the shower, they'll be in the kitchen having a brew. I'll go straight upstairs. Our chat. It's important that you know for the story that our bathroom is downstairs. I'm sure most of you know that already, but our bathroom with our shower and bath and everything is downstairs and our bedroom is upstairs. So... I can get ready and all that stuff. Then when I do walk in the kitchen in 10 minutes, I'll be fully dressed. They'll be finishing their cups of tea and I'll go, all right, guys, you know, that'll be good. So I go to run down the stairs. I round the corner at the top of the landing. My foot goes from underneath me. I fall down about four stairs and land on the landing. Now, you may or may not know this, but my stairs are covered in photographs, in glass frames. You know those plain glass clip frames where you get like a piece of almost uh, woody cardboard and an exact same size piece of glasses that is on top. And the only thing holding those things together are little clips and those clips also function as hangers. And in between the backboard and the glass are your photographs. And it's a very simple, easy way to display photographs because you can make collages, you can put single photographs in them, you can do all sorts. So we've got those, loads of them. I mean, like hundreds of them. The stairs is covered in them. The whole staircase is covered in photographs displayed like this. Basically, our whole lives for, you know, over 10 years are on the stairs in this way. There's giant ones with panto posters in and smaller ones with Polaroids and holiday pictures in, everything. I fall down the stairs, I smash into the wall, and about five or six of these pictures come crashing down around me. So there's glass everywhere. My arms are cut, my back is cut, my chest is cut. I've got cuts all over me from these frames. And I'm basically lying naked at the top of the stair, at the landing of the stairs. And Joshua is on FaceTime to his little pal, who's the same age as him, but on FaceTime, you know, very importantly. Sarah and Brittany are coming through the front door. Joshua hears the commotion. He's got his laptop in his hand. He comes out into the hall, but he's on FaceTime to another child. And I'm naked halfway up the stairs, lying in a pool of my own blood and glass, shaking because I'm like, sh shit myself because I fell down the stairs. Haven't actually shit myself. I mean, metaphorically. Sarah's coming through the front door with Brittany and I'm halfway up the stairs where I can be viewed by both of them. So I'm shouting to Joshua, get back in your room. Shut the door. Do not come out. I'm fine. Do not open the door. Then Sarah opens the door. You're telling me not to open the door. Yeah, hang on. Just let me get back a little bit up the stairs. Why? What's wrong? I'm naked. Well, move. I can't. I fell down the stairs. What do you mean you fell down the stairs? Are you okay? Yeah, just wait there a sec. <laughs> so then I get back round the edge. So I'm more. So I'm on the halfway upside as opposed to the you know halfway downside. And Joshua's back in his room. They both come in the house. Brittany goes in the kitchen. Sarah comes up the stairs. Oh my God! Are you okay? Yeah, I fell down the stairs. Uh, how did you fall down the stairs? Well, basically, I was being a tit and trying to rush so that I could get in the shower before you got in so I didn't get in trouble. But this is obviously a lot worse, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so we picked up all the glass and the frame and hoovered and all of that stuff. And, you know, I got in the shower, nightmare averted. It was all OK. But what a nightmare. Speaking of get shattered with glass, by the way, Sarah had an absolutely horrible event happen to her yesterday. I was so angry. It's unbelievable. There's nothing I could do about it. 
Um, she called me. She's sitting on the bus, coming home from work, just chilling. She's got shopping and stuff. She's literally sent me a message saying about how she's found this dip that's got cheese in it, and it looks like it'll be lovely, and I'll really like it. A really sweet little message, bless her little beautiful heart, about a cheese that she thinks I'll like. When a brick comes through the window of the bus, some little wanker piece of shit, cuntbag twatting kid, which is easily the worst language I've ever used on this podcast, but it's justified, throws a brick through the window of the bus, and it hits the window right where Sarah's sitting. The brick hits her in the chest. The glass shatters everywhere and hits her in the face. She's got a little cut on her cheek. She's got a little cut in between her nose and her top lip. A little cut, uh, cut on her neck. All down her dress and shirt, inside and outside, a full of glass, everything. And of course, there's loads of other teenagers on the bus, little, you know, teenage girls, that are freaking out as if it hit them and it didn't. They're miles away. They're five seats away. And in the meantime, Sarah's just sitting there in shock because she's covered in glass. What a poor little sweetheart that she is, and she's bloody covered in glass from this bus. So I was fuming straight away. Are you okay? Yes, right. Did you see what these pricks look like? Because I'm going looking for them. And she said no. She had no idea it was about to happen. She was just sitting there. Next thing you know, she's covered in glass. Um, fortunately, she'd been to the shop for a tiny bit of shopping, and she was sitting in the seat, one seat away from the window, and the bag was on the seat next to the window, and so she had a little bit of distance, but she said normally when she's on that bus, she sits right next to the window and quite often leans her head against the glass. So we can only be lucky that she wasn't doing that, because had she done that, it would have been a lot worse. Just think she could have been blinded, she could have been much more seriously hurt. There could have been a little baby or a tiny kid sitting in that seat, or, you know, somebody else more fragile or, you know, in a worse position or whatever. These fucking kids... Don't think about the potential, I mean, quite literally catastrophic consequences of doing something so stupid as that. I always worry if I'm driving, if you're driving on the motorway and you see some kids standing on the bridge or whatever, and you think, imagine if one of those little twats drops a stone or something off the bridge and it hits a window and that shatters the window and it causes a crash. That is literally a murderous act, that, and it annoys me. So I know exactly where these kids stand, where she said, and I'm going to go and have a look and I'm going to interrogate any kids I see there. Any of you little fuckers throwing a brick at a bus because you hit my wife. I'm going to end up going to prison for it, aren't I? I'm going to be the one who gets in trouble for the reaction to this if I find out who it was. But nonetheless, you know, maybe just rise above, be a bigger person, check Sarah's okay. We're going to go out at the weekend and have a lovely time. Um, we're going to go to a place called uh, Brewski. It's in Chalton, which is in Greater Manchester. I'm going to tell you about this place. Right, I'm going to get the thing up. I'm going to get the uh, menu and stuff up. I'm going on my old uh, Instagram. I've not looked at the menu yet. I've booked at the. I've booked a table, but I've not looked at the menu. So it's called Brewski. It's in Chalton, BrewskiBar.co.uk. Now you know I told you about how much I loved the um, American Pies place. Well, American Pies. The people who own that and legitimately do make actual, proper, you know, authentic American Chicago pizza, they also uh, own this place. And when you go on the website, you get a link to both restaurants. So I know it's going to be for real. So let's have a look at the main menu, right, and what they do. The first thing that is incredibly um, 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for, encouraging, is that the menu is not very big. It's a one-page menu, and to me, that's a winner. Straight away, that's a winner, a one-page menu. That means they don't make loads of stuff, they don't have loads of stock, they don't have massive freezers full of stuff they never sell, and they're only making the same things brilliantly all the time. It's exactly the same as the American Pies menu. In fact, the two menus were clearly made by the same designer because they look exactly the same. Um, they also offset their carbon emissions. They add uh, 99p on your bill to uh, counterbalance the carbon footprint of making your stuff, which I really appreciate. I'm down for that. I'm down for loads of stuff charging a bit extra if it helps the world with carbon footprint. So, starters. I'll tell you what I'm going to... I'll tell you what they've got and I'll tell you what I'm going to order. They've got chicken tenders, broccoli bites, salumi fries and pig's cheek nuggets. So straight away, I'm... Oh, and they come with blue cheese sauce. So straight away, I'm going pig's cheeks nuggets because I've never seen those anywhere else. I love having stuff that's a bit weird. I've had pig's cheek before and it was delicious. So straight away off the starters menu, it's pig's cheeks nuggets for me all day long. Don't know what you'd have, but that's what I'd have. Uh, tacos. They do three different types of tacos. Salt and pepper broccoli, fried chicken and bourbon pig's cheek. Well, I've already had the pig's cheek. I had tacos at the in the midweek. And I'm not fussed about the salt and pepper broccoli. I bet Joshua has them, though. Joshua will have salt and pepper broccoli tacos because he's vegetarian, pescatarian. But that'll be on the list for him, I bet. Um, so that's not... I'm not having tacos. Burritos. This is the first time I've looked at this, by the way. Burritos. they got fried chicken, halloumi and avocado, brewski burrito and white truffle lamb cheesesteak. Well, fuck me. White truffle lamb cheesesteak. That sounds good, doesn't it? So that's up there. That's that's a definite possible. Dirty fries, garlic butter steak fries, Cafe de Paris butter steak fries. Oh, the Cafe de Paris steak fries have got eight ounce sirloin steak on them. No wonder they're 21 pound. Um, and do your butter fried chicken fries. None of those dirty fries are really rocking it for me. I'm going to miss those. Um, poutine. Right. So poutine is a Canadian thing. It's basically cheesy chips with gravy on, but they do original. It's cheese curds. It's not like regular cheesy chips. It's cheese curds. And they do original. They do a fried chicken version with buttermilk fried chicken, buffalo hot sauce, blue cheese and spring onion. That sounds good. Uh, broccoli poutine. Again, that sounds like what Joshua would have. Wild mushroom poutine. That sounds good. Salt and pepper poutine. That sounds good. I could have any of those. They sound good. But that's the sort of thing we'd get to share. So we probably would get wild mushroom or salt and pepper one on those. Or maybe fried chicken and just pick the fried chicken off and Joshua wouldn't eat it. Because he's not one of those type of, um, you know, pescatarians. He doesn't care if meat's been near his food. He just doesn't eat it himself. Then they've got burgers. Now, burgers are always a, a winner, aren't they? But we're also going to go to that burger capital place for burgers. So do I want to max out on a burger here when there's another place I'm going to go to uh, where I can have a burger? I feel like Sunday is not the day to be eating a burger. I feel like we'll probably go for a burger on Thursday at Burger Capital next week. Uh, no, Wednesday. Oh, no, shit, I gig Wednesday. Friday, we'll go for a burger. So I'll probably skip the burgers, although they look all right. Triple smash patties. If ever it says smashed patty you know that's going to be pretty good. But I'm going to... Now, nah, fuck the burgers. Then they've got mate's dates. Look at this. Oh, my God. Infamous sharing platters. All bets are off, kids. 
All bets are off. There's a sharing platter. Forget everything I've said already. There's a sharing platter. Sharing platters are 50 and 60 pound. Fuck me. Listen to what's on this. The OG sharing platter. Two double cheeseburgers. Brewski burrito. Right, the Brucey burrito is crispy beef, Cajun peppers and onions, iceberg lettuce, bourbon pig's cheek, hot sauce, chilies, jalapenos, barbecue sauce, pico de gallo. I mean, that sounds good as well. That sounds as good as the white truffle lamb cheesesteak one. So this could be a winner. Two double cheeseburgers, Brewski burrito, fried chicken burrito, hot buffalo fried chicken tenders, original poutine, pot of barbecue sauce. I wonder if Sarah would share that with me. There's a lot of meat on that. The £60 one is white truffle lamb cheesesteak garlic butter fries, cafe de Paris butter sirloin steak, and duja butter tossed fried chicken, char grilled bacon steak with maple butter, bourbon barbecue pulled pig cheek tacos with goat's cheese. Jesus Christ. I mean, that sounds mega, doesn't it? They've also got uh, hot cheese dips uh, and loads of different types of fries and slaw and all that sort of shit, but that's not easy to pick, is it? I do want them pig's cheeks, but I also could go that. Just get one of those sharing platters and maybe some, you know, vegetarian stuff for Joshua. Jesus Christ. That is brutal. That's some menu, that, you know. I'm looking forward to that. We'll go in there on Sunday. And it's currently Wednesday, so a few days to wait. But fuck it, I wonder what I'll wear then. <laughs> I know what I'll wear the day after. That ain't going to be a good day. Joshua's discussed two things to tell you about Joshua. Firstly, he's had Timbits from Tim Hortons, which are little donut bite things. He loves them, so that's nice. And secondly, he's been walking to school and back himself, so he's been using his phone. And his phone, it's really funny when he tried to use the screen, tried to press the screen to make it work, but it's a shitty old Nokia. So I said, I don't know what you're pressing the screen for, kid. That ain't going to work. He said, how do you type a text message? <laughs> I said, well, you've either got predictive text where you start to type words and the phone guesses what you're going to say. And he said, I don't like the idea of that. Um, how do you just get the normal letters? I said, well, if you want to get a letter C, you have to press the number two three times. And if you want to get a J, you have to press the number four once. And he said, why, why is that happening? Or a H, sorry. He said, why is that happening? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I said, I know. Welcome to 1998, kid. You're going to love it. Oh, my God. Imagine now as a child who's grown up with an iPad and, you know, you can use your voice to type stuff. You can um, type with a real keyboard on a screen. You've got all of these options. You can record videos. You can insert GIFs. You can, you know, send voice messages. You can do all of these things. And someone says... This is, you know, number style predictive text. It's just ridiculous. What a horrific thing to have to go back in time to, to have to learn how to do and handle. It's honestly horrible. Um, but he's handling it. He's going to be fine. Welcome to the world. He walked himself to school this morning. He's walking himself back tonight. What a trooper. What a champ. We're very proud of him. It's good that he's doing it. We're all coming on nicely. Everybody's doing well. Apart from Sarah getting a brick and some glass in the face. She's smashing it at work. My shows are going well. Suits fitting nicely. Joshua's walking to and from school like a little dream and doing well in his lessons. You know what, friends? It's all coming up roses. All the stuff I was deeply worried about a few months ago. It happens a lot, doesn't it? You get incredibly worried about stuff. And then 
you know, a year later, you look back and you think, what was I even worried about that for? It all turned out okay in the end. It's not to say you should never worry. But, you know, take each day with a pinch of salt. <laughs> anyway, I said this wasn't going to be long. It's nearly 40 minutes. And I have every intention of being in the car and on the way to Norwich. Not long after half past one. So, because uh, otherwise I won't get a lot of time. I want to get there and get a good look around and then be back. So that I can do a bit of rehearsing and stuff before I go and do my actual show. The big day for rehearsing is going to be tomorrow. Because um, I'm fasting again tomorrow. And I'm staying at the same place as I'm doing the gig, as I told you before. So I can really spend, I can do my walk, spend a lot of time in the caravan, do some stuff. Maybe sneak in another walk before I have to do the gig and drive home. And then um, see where I am on Friday. I'll be interested to see what I weigh Friday. I think it's going to be good though. Um, I'd like to be under seven and a half stone. That would be pretty nice. That would feel good. Don't know what I'm going to eat in Norwich. There's a really, really, really nice sushi place that I love. And I, I suggested it to Ollie, but he said he didn't like sushi. So then we said we'd go to Nando's. I don't really want to go to Nando's on my own. I don't care about going to places by myself, by the way. I actually love sitting in a restaurant by myself. But I'm thinking if I am on my own, it gives me the option to just go and get something really simple. So we'll see. There's a lot of seafood as well. I do like a dressed crab and I'll definitely get one of them in Norwich. So maybe I'll get a dressed crab and eat that on the street and, um, you know, take it simple. Get some chicken and cook my uh, chicken and uh, ramen noodles later after the show. Maybe I'll do that. Who knows? Cool. All right, friends. Much love to you all. That's the end of this week's pod. 40 minutes checking in. Next week, I'm going to be recording from home again. But I am gigging Tuesday. Uh, is it Tuesday, Wednesday? Let me just check. I think it is. Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm gigging in Wales next week. Yeah, so that'll be good. Um, and I've got the first Vanishing Elephant this weekend. So do wish me luck because it's brand new and I'm a bit nervous, but I think it's going to be fine. So yeah, I will see you all next week. Bingo. Have a great time. Bye, friends.